0: With Conair Girl Bomb, available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
1: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Scentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
2: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring.
1: From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about rebels with a cause, women who broke rules and took major risks to upend the status quo and create meaningful change. Today, we're talking about a woman who became known across the country for her advocacy for Indigenous rights. When she saw injustice, she helped other Native people stand up to the federal government and win back their rights in court. Let's talk about Suzette LaFleche Tibbles. Suzette was born in Bellevue, Nebraska in 1854. Her father, Joseph LaFleche, known as Iron Eye, was the last recognized chief of the Omaha tribe. The same year Suzette was born, the Omaha tribe relinquished a large portion of their land and moved to a reservation in northeastern Nebraska. In 1862, Suzette attended the Presbyterian Mission Boarding Day School on the reservation. This school was one among hundreds of residential schools established in the 19th century, Residential schools were designed to forcibly assimilate Indigenous children into Western culture. Children were required to dress in Western clothing. They were prevented from speaking their native languages. And they were forced to abandon their Indigenous practices. The teachers and administrators of these institutions were often emotionally and physically abusive. Suzette's time at the residential school isn't well documented. But we do know, after she finished, she wanted to continue her education— So she traveled to New Jersey and enrolled in the Elizabeth Institute for Young Ladies. She became well known for her writing abilities and even published an essay in the New York Tribune. After Suzette graduated, she returned to the reservation to teach at a government school. She also started hearing stories about the U.S. government taking land from indigenous tribes all over the country, like the story of the Ponca tribe. In 1875, After decades of the government mismanaging their treaties with the Ponca, Chief Standing Bear signed an agreement with a federal agent. Government intended for the Ponca tribe to move to what was called Indian Territory, which was land set aside by the government specifically for Native American use. But the terms were unclear. Standing Bear thought the Ponca would get to choose where they would live. In 1877, Standing Bear and nine other Ponca leaders went with government officials to survey the Indian Territory land. There, they found disease, and land that was stony and unsuitable for growing much of anything. They decided the land was not suitable to live on and refused to move the Ponca people there. But the U.S. government didn't care. They forcibly removed the Ponca tribes from their ancestral lands, marching them through harsh weather conditions and swarms of insects. Nine people died, including Standing Bear's daughter. And once the Ponca arrived, disease decimated the tribe. The tribe. This is where Suzette comes in. Her paternal grandmother was from the Ponca tribe. So when Suzette and her father heard about the tribe's forced relocation, they traveled to the Indian territory to see the Ponca's new living conditions. What they found was dire. In 1879, Standing Bear attempted to return to the Ponca ancestral land to bury his son, who had also died of disease. Along the way, the Omaha gave Standing Bear food and shelter, That is, until he was arrested for leaving Indian territory. Suzette jumped into action. She began working with the journalist Thomas Tibbles to publicize the government's mistreatment of the Ponca. It worked. The public was sympathetic to Standing Bear and the plight of the Ponca. By the time Standing Bear's case made it to trial, people crowded the courtroom. Suzette served as his interpreter. Over the course of two days, she helped Standing Bear make the argument that indigenous people should be treated as citizens and have equal protection under the law. Standing Bear won his case. For the first time, U.S. law was forced to recognize Native Americans as human beings with inalienable rights. Suzette became known around the country as Bright Eyes. After Standing Bear's trial, Suzette started working as a courtroom interpreter, an expert witness for Native Americans suing the government. When she wasn't in court, she was going on speaking tours around the country. She educated people about the injustices that the Ponca tribe and other Native Americans had faced and advocated for indigenous rights. In an 1880 speech, she said, When the Indian fights for his property, liberty, and life, they call him a savage. When the first settlers in this country fought for their property, liberty, and lives, they were called heroes. In 1882, Suzette married Thomas Tibbles. Four years later, they traveled to England and Scotland. Suzette and Thomas spent about 10 months there, meeting royalty and giving lectures about indigenous rights in America. Suzette's speaking tours and advocacy eventually led to the 1887 Dawes Act. The act was supposed to integrate Native Americans into broader American society by encouraging them to participate in the agricultural sector. In the end... The Dawes Act allowed the federal government to take more than 90 million acres of tribal land from Native Americans, and then sell that land to non-Native American citizens. Suzette died in 1903 at 49 years old. Ninety-one years later, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. All month, we're talking about rebels with a cause. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.
0: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate bomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right
2: Rug Flooring.
1: The